0: Welcome to the podcast. This is Hank, and you are now listening to Hank Presents. Previously, this podcast has been called Typically Hazardous, which is Webster's first definition of adventure, which I'm so glad we got a, over a year of amazing interviews and conversations and live events and it's been incredible but we have changed the name so if you're listening to this now for the very first time you can ignore this if you've been listening with us for all year you'll know that typically hazardous is now called hank presents now there's a couple reasons for that and i mentioned this on my facebook page So if you go to facebook.com slash Hank Fortner, you can watch that video and I explain the reason for it in much more detail than I'm gonna give you now. All you need to know now is I changed it to Hank Presents because it gives me the ability to bring you kind of anything. It keeps me out of a metaphor or out of any of those elements and just realize that basically what I'm gonna do is As I'm traveling the world and working on things and creating things, I'm just going to bring them to you in real time. And I'm going to make sure that anything that helps your life comes through the audio uh, zones of this podcast. So thank you so much for being a part of this. If you've been listening to all the episodes or if you've been with us for the entire year, you cannot know that I, I fall asleep at night thinking about you. And I think about you when I tweet, and I think about you when I write these things, and I think about you when I interview people, and you're my tribe, and I'm so grateful to be a part of that. So we are now Hank Presents, and today is our guest, Hank Presents, Mr. Scott Harrison of Charity Water in New York City. But before I get to his interview, and before we give you that information, there are two things I need you to know about. Uh, And you know some of these if you've been listening for a little while. But the first one is an event coming up, a live event on March 14th in Los Angeles at the Bootleg Theater. I do these live events or I did these live events once a month all year long last year. And it's been now three months since we all gathered together and we're doing it now together. But I have a new vision for this. It's Hank Presents and then I will always have an opening speaker and then I will do a solo live talk. There will always be an opening speaker, and it will be a solo live talk. And for this year, every single one of those opening speakers is going to be a woman. And the goal of that is it's a woman you haven't heard of or a woman's voice who you wouldn't have heard otherwise. So I'm hand-picking and hand-selecting the best female speakers that I can find, and I'm bringing them to you And Hank Presents, and that's live on March 14th. We do have to get tickets this year. Uh, All the venues figured something out that I can bring 300 people to the room and there's some people buy six drinks (laughs) So they're like, okay, we need to ticket this thing because we're not making enough money at the bar So uh, thank you for not drinking because alcohol ruins your life But on the flip side, we need to now start doing tickets So I'd rather you buy a ticket than buy $15 worth of alcohol So here's what I want you to do Go to hankfortner.com or go to the Instagram bio uh, at my Instagram, which is just Hank on Instagram, and then uh, grab a ticket, send a ticket, pass it on. That would be super amazing. We'd love to have you. And then we will be releasing these Hank Presents Live Talks um, slowly over the course of time. On the podcast so would love to join you so that's the first thing March 14th in Los Angeles bootleg theater Hank presents Syrah is her name you can google her or find her information on my website as well and then uh if we I hope you get our emails and if you don't get our emails I hope you do and they're not annoying I swear well I don't know I mean you might find them annoying but I only send them out about once every week once every two weeks giving you information, book lists, reading lists, and stuff I'm working on. So go ahead and go to, um, you can text the name Hank to 66866, and that'll give you all the information you need to know. Go to 66866 just text hank to that number and it will give you all the information or you can go to hankfortner.com or my facebook page where i've been spending a lot of time and i have a blast you can click on the sign up button and that'll add you to our list as well i hope you're doing wonderfully and i'm so grateful to be a part of this with you please welcome now your friend and mine mr scott harrison to the podcast you ever wonder what your life would be like what you wish you would have done after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. The hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome. Let's get started, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at Charity Water on Worth Street in New York City. I'm in Scott's office, which is decorated a lot like a um, like a Greek woman in uptown or something. It's a great place. I love this. (laughs) You know what I mean, like a Greek woman with with some great taste. And Scott is pulling up a video on his phone right now of President Obama at the National Prayer Breakfast, talking about his speech.
1: So I mean, the story you were we're were just just going to feed we're going to feed
0: we'll, we'll give them the feed. So we'll play the 40 seconds. It's actually, yeah.
1: Anyway, so I was sitting there with Vic. I got invited down to the prayer breakfast. We're riding Amtrak down, and I get an email from someone in the White House. Do I a ticket for
0: that ahead of time, by the way, or can I just get on the?
1: Oh, you should buy a ticket.
0: Ahead of time? Oh, yeah. Oh, Okay. Because I'm going tomorrow at eleven, so I'm hoping I can just walk up and be you, like, "Hey." You
1: don't want to walk up. You want to go on Amtrak.com and. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they have a Life mobile lessons. app or something. First
0: practice that Scott <laughs> teaches us. Is don't show up. Uh, I mean, it's cold. a big
1: train, but you, know, I you might it's as, a lot as well. Of Who's
0: going to DC tomorrow at eleven o'clock? <laughs> you know, anyways. So my
1: first. Uh, this is probably four years ago, and I get invited down, and I take Vic, from some friends, and I'm on the train down, and I get an email from the White House um, you know just kind of confirming some facts and saying you know we're not saying anything but would it be okay if you know there was some reference to Charity Water and, uh, and I'm like yeah of course let and me check yes let me and he just checks some facts and you know don't want to get your hopes up so I was sitting there at the breakfast and he comes out and makes a speech and you know he just starts saying uh, you know I came across a group called Charity Water and <laughs> Uh, That's your Obama st- <laughs>
0: voice? I love your,
1: <laughs> I love your Obama voice. Started by, uh, by a man named Scott Harrison, and, and he was a former nightclub promoter, and he wasn't following Christ like he should. And, 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 you know, thanks to Scott's good work, you know, two or three million people have gotten clean water. And, and then he's, he says— um, and This is still when Obama was smoking. When, I and, by he, your, and he's, by he's your reading the script, right? And he says, and he wants to help— A hundred million more! Like they didn't (laughs) believe it. Like, is this a typo here? That's amazing. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, so Vic is grabbing my hand. Like, oh my gosh, the president of the United States just talked about my husband, right? And charity water, you know, in this, in this, uh, in front of a room of I don't know ten thousand people or something. Sure. So it was pretty surreal. Amazing. I sent it think, to mom and dad, you know who oh, yeah. watch Fox News. Do you think Trump's going to give you a shout
0: old. out? Do you think Trump's going to give you a shout out tomorrow? I don't, or? don't think I want a shout out. <laughs> okay. You're like, oh, you'll pass. Do you have a Trump voice too? Because that I Obama don't, voice was dead on. <laughs> okay, we're going to compare it because I will play the 40 second clip for you guys uh, right now.
2: Back home, your churches, your temples, synagogues your fellow congregants, so many faith groups across this great country of ours. Uh, I I came upon a group recently uh, called uh, Charity Water, uh, a group that supports clean water projects overseas. Uh, This is a, a project that was started by a former nightclub promoter named Scott Harrison who grew weary of living only for himself and feeling like he wasn't following Christ as well as he should. And because of Scott's good work, Charity Water has helped 1.7 million people get access to clean water. And in the next 10 years, he plans to make clean water accessible to 100 million more. That's the kind of promoting we need more of, and that's the kind of faith that moves mountains. And are stories like that scattered across this room, of people taking it upon themselves to make a difference.
0: Uh, okay, so here we are. This is a perfect segue for you, Scott. For my, the thing I find most interesting about you is there's so much noise out there about start your dream and hustle for your dream, and like so many things about people who are starting things and so many things who are pushing for things. You were one of the first people that I met with originally when I had the idea for Adopt Together. You were one of the first people who were encouraging to me. You and Blake were the first two people that I pitched the idea to, and I thought, if these two guys think this is a good idea, I'm going to go forward. So you you came out of that world where everybody goes, startup, 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 startup. Mm-hmm. Now we're standing in your like 20,000-square-foot office uh, on the third floor in New York City in the coolest neighborhood. We just heard a clip of President Obama, ex-president. did he still call him president?
1: I think you have to call him president forever.
0: El, El Presidente Obama telling him exactly what you know he's sharing about you and about who you are and telling the world your vision what do you do when you're in this zone like you've gotten through that startup phase i think for so many people who are listening they're not in the season of their life or even maybe even a moment of their life where they're starting something they're in the moment where they're like okay yeah i was chasing something i started building something now am i just going up and to the right do i just keep pushing forward do i just keep moving or what do i do once i've sort of established this thing that had been a dream for so long and obviously your vision and your dream is a billion people that have clean water and everybody has clean water Mm -hmm. but if you microcosm all the way down to your organization and scott's life at 41 years old very think, clearly
1: so he was 45 a minute ago <laughs> I,
0: I asked if you were 45 i, I was <laughs> guessing at 41 years old what do you do you look at your life and you go cool i'm going to do this for another 40 years or how do you engage a future once you've had such a such an amazing decade behind you
1: well i mean i went through uh some soul searching recently you know the organization was very fortunate we started ten years ago and it was up and to the right very very quickly uh, due to a, a a bunch of things I mean I think it was good timing you know we started in the age of social media so I spoke at Twitter headquarters when there were 28 employees when it wasn't a thing you know I got to speak at Facebook headquarters and Google. Uh, Charity Water and Google Earth started the same year and I met the Google Earth founder and realized that they were creating a place where I could put every well or water project we'd ever fund, you know, and and make it publicly transparent. And so I think that the timing of uh, social media technology was was just great for us and and coming out as uh, coming out of nightclubs you know, or or a photojournalism stint in in Liberia on this humanitarian mission, I didn't have any of the trappings of charity bureaucracy. So I didn't know any better, Mm. you know, and and I really was trying at 30 years old to create a charity that my friends and I would want to give to, that we could believe in, and we weren't given to the United Way or some of these huge, you know, behemoth organizations that sometimes people didn't even know what their mission was or what they did. So it was just lights out. I mean, growth. I think we grew 490% in the first few years. And charity, Charitable giving was actually net negative over that time. So we were bucking a trend of a shrinking giving hmm. um, because of the 100% model, because of the the branding and the attention to detail of design and the storytelling. Just uh, the the idea, I think, that donors deserved better. You know, we believe that so many charities look at donors as a means to an end. Hmm. And we were so excited about taking a disenchanted, distrustful public and getting them excited about giving and restoring their faith in giving and and restoring their trust, hoping that they would then give more, not only to us, but to other causes. So that was really the, the mission was really for our donor as well as our beneficiary and not just looking at people as a means. So we got, I think we got a lot of things, right? Most of them just by luck or or faith, or you know, by um, you know, not because we were that smart, and not because we you know went through any Bain or McKinsey study. It was just intuition and not knowing any better. So your
0: intuition, a team's intuition, what was that like? Like if we if we boiled down a little bit, just to take like a moment there and click in, what was that intuition like? I mean, you you was that intuition learned by nightclubs? Was that intuition learned by? just paying attention to brand and having taste, or did you have a select group of people around you that you were paying attention to different things?
1: I mean, you know, day one was this couch in Soho. I was living on a closet floor. Uh, There were volunteers milling in and out, and I was running around with a laptop just showing people pictures of dirty water and asking them to give or give me advice or introduce me to someone who might care. It was very you know, scrappy startup, as you'd expect, no money, always running out of money. And the, I think the concept for the, you know, the business model, um, I mean, th- those, those weren't my ideas. You know, I, I thought, well, if the biggest problem people have with charities is money, then what if we could give away 100% of the money? Mm-hmm. And I copied Robinhood. There's a huge charity here in America started by a hedge fund manager called Paul Tudor Jones, multi-billionaire. And he was so rich, you know, he said, well, look, I can pay for the overhead with my friends so that the public's money can go. So I wrote him a letter and said, that's awesome. You know, can I can I borrow your model? And I mean, I know, know you're us- not
0: 45, but when you say wrote a letter, you mean you like wrote I mean, on a I piece of paper? I I wrote an email. I okay, wrote an email.
1: Got it. And, and he didn't respond. And, uh, you know, my version of that was opening up two bank accounts with $100 each <laughs> <laughs> down at the Commerce on Broadway and Bond uh, and saying, I wonder if we could you know, bootstrap this 100% model. You know, I wonder if you can do it if you're not a billionaire
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, hedge fund manager and, you know, all sorts of trials in that. So it was just, it was, um, you know, I cared about branding and and I, they were all just pieces of information. I'd come across a New York Times uh, quote by Nick Christophe who said that, Toothpaste is being peddled around the world with more sophistication than all the world's life-saving causes. Mm -hmm. I just said that's so that's so broken. Like, it's he's true. Like Doritos, you know, is spending tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, marketing stuff that makes us sick, and the most important life-saving causes have anemic websites, anemic brands. Uh, No good designers ever want to go work at a charity because they can't pay them and they don't appreciate design anyway. And You know, they're run by development professionals who are programs people. So it was just these ideas just were were floating around. We just grabbed them 100%. Let's take that uh, beautiful brand. Let's try and create something that looks more like Nike or Apple. And if we care about brand, then great designers are going to want to moonlight and work here. Uh, Proof, you know, people send money to charities and the charities just start asking them for more money on a weekly or monthly basis. What if charities told people, here's what your money did? And, and thank them. So, you know, we grabbed kind of proof out of the ether and, uh, and then all these things together just started working. So, you know, it grew from, you know, one employee to two employees to a few employees. And then we almost went bankrupt. And then, you know, someone saved the day and a stranger walked in and wrote a million dollar check. And then there was more oxygen. And then we grew it a little more and we had more trials. And then we ran out of office space. And, you know, that was, that was, uh, those are crazy times. So, fast forward eight years of growth. Um, you know, we go from the couch to 2014. We have this unbelievable year. We raised $45 million. So almost a million dollars a week. And uh, I mean, Twitter IPOs and, you know, the CTO drops a million dollars and, uh, Angela Ahrens, who, um, is it, is it Apple, you know, comes to Africa with me. Um, with her family and gives very generously. And all of this, like everything goes right. Caterpillar Foundation drops $4.9 million giving people clean water across you know, many countries. And a donor in Virginia calls up and gives $2.7 million uh, in stock. So it was just that year. Now, the problem with this is that starting year nine, January one, it starts at zero. So 45 million on December 31st turns into a big fat zero January one. And, you know, I remember looking at Vic and saying, you know, how on earth did we do that? How would we ever do that again? And how would we ever grow? And 2015 was the first year where we didn't grow. Uh, The market went sideways to down. Uh, Our donor stock was down 30% called up and said, love you guys, but the 2.7 million is going to be zero this year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Kat says, we love you guys too, but it's, it's zero this year. And they had actually announced they were laying off 10,000 employees. And, um, you know, again, we're kind of now starting off in the hole, just getting back to that number. Right. And we, we had a good year and, and, you know, we didn't compromise any of our values, but we helped 800,000 people get clean water instead of a million the previous year. So, I'm going to take myself out now. You know, it's the first year of growth, time to fire myself as CEO, go find some professional to come and run the place. Right, sure. So I start calling my board saying, I'm going to stay with Charity Water. But uh, I hit the ceiling. Uh, It's my fault for not leading us to our ninth year of Were you feeling that all
0: year long? Like all year long, you're starting to look and you're waking up every morning. Are you getting a stomach ache? Are you like, geez, what am I doing wrong? How do you respond in a moment where you're like, the needle's pointing down? Are you like, it'll come back, it'll come back, and then you decide that it was your fault at the end of the year, or you're feeling like... No, I
1: felt like it was my fault the whole year.
0: So that's like a crappy year for you. I it mean It was
1: a really bad year.
0: And and I think... You, where your self-talk is what? Uh, I'm failing. I'm failing. What what do you do with that? What do you do with that thought? You sit on it and drink another cup of coffee, or you decide... I took more flights. I asked more people for money. You just I went tried harder. out, yeah. You just went harder, okay.
1: Um you know trying to trying to turn around right trying to go find the missing money mhm so uh we get to the end uh we get to the end of the year and I try to fire myself. I call my board up and say, you know, hey, look, you know, maybe it's time to bring on, you know, a real leader now and, you know, the next leader. And I kept saying, Hank, what got us here won't get us there. So right. I convinced myself that all of the things that got us to, you know, this $45 million a year level. Right. Sure. Um, new things would be needed. Right. New leadership, new vision, new ideas to get us to a sort of $100 million level, which is where we, that was always a benchmark for me mm-hmm. was, could we raise and spend $100 million a year? Well, serve 3 million people a year instead of a million people a year, and then kind of see where to go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, the board is is an operating board, pretty supportive, and, you know, we're going to start a CEO search. Then I tell my exec team in an offsite and, you know, get some version of, and by the way, I tell them as we're going into Q4, because the writing on the wall is for me, no matter how good our last three months are, we're not getting back to last year's revenue. right. You know, and I I didn't have the kind of faith that someone was just gonna write a ten million dollar check.
0: Even though you're asking for it. It's not like well, you're I'm not asking in the for it, but okay, I right. just
1: kinda knew it. Yep. So <laughs> God bless my exec team. They're like, dude, get back to work. <laughs> we have fifteen million dollars to raise. You know, stop talking about this nonsense. You're gonna start some sort of CEO search in Q four on a on a rough year already when we need you to go out and raise I don't know, ten or fifteen million dollars. Right you know in these last 3 months um you know we think you're burned out get through the year take january off with your family and see how you feel okay that sounds pretty reasonable so went out raised as much as we could um gave 800,000 people clean water that year instead of a million took january off went out to california and thought about things and came back surprisingly energized
0: So when you say you thought about things, yeah, take me into you're sitting in. Well, I went the, out to
1: Bethel Church. <laughs> okay. I went out to Reading and uh, so that's someone not had that boring, us,
0: right? Uh, January is kind of you know it was January in California. I mean, is it was not it attractive. Rained, it rained
1: the entire time, so it did uh, this
0: January too in California. By so the way. So a
1: donor gives us his house on high up on the top of Shasta Lake, okay, uh, which I've been to before in different seasons, and it's stunning, and you're looking at the lake and the mountains. Mm-hmm. We come in it, I I think that January that we moved there got more rain than something like combined 15 January.
0: It rains every day. Maybe except for this year, because January in California is the only time we get rain.
1: Well, it was, so I don't know
0: who booked it or who it was that Elmina donor was not to teach know. you a you know, lesson d- or whatever. No,
1: no, I didn't. You know, January is really the only time where I could afford to do that, you know, in the business. Right. Things just kind of hockey stick N- All the
0: Aussies listening are like, dude, we could have hooked you up and you would have been, <laughs> been on the beach instead. Uh, so,
1: you know, it, the, the funny thing about this house is it actually had its own ecosystem. So as you drive up the cliff, you know, I'd be able to see stuff. And then that last minute, you're in the clouds. So we were literally just surrounded in a big cloud. So my wife is miserable. We're in this house. Right. It's raining. I've, of the 24 days we were there, it rained 22 of them.
0: Wow. Okay. So you played a lot of cards. I've got my a lot kid there. I, it
1: was just. It was. It was kind of awful for her. Um, you know, I'm going down the mountain to church and. Um, you know, had time to think and time to read. and i You're going you, like
0: every day to church, right, or whatever? No, Doesn't Bethel do church like every six <laughs> hours or something? I thought that was no, – is that not Bethel? I think that's IHOP. Oh, it's IHOP, <laughs> where they do every – you know, there's a service or whatever. I think whatever. that's Kansas
1: City. Okay, got um, it. I was going to church twice a week, you know, Friday, and, Friday night and Sunday. Uh, and, you know, I had a lot of time. So I, I, it, was, it was a combination of bored – stir crazy and coming up with all of these ideas of how to fix the problem which was the down year and you know what were the lessons learned there and oh by the way it's our 10th year so I probably should try to finish out the decade right you know if nobody's trying to force me out sure if you know the my exec team still wants to work with me and is still hopeful
0: just for fun what would you what would you have given what job would you have given yourself CEO oh. comes in, he's a total stud from Bain or whatever, ran the country or something. Here it
1: would probably be a she because we're seventy-five percent women. Okay, right? <laughs> so you bring in
0: a she and she's amazing and she's a rock star. What job would you, were oh. you thinking? Were you imagining yourself something as like fuzzy I'll go back like, to Blake. Being, I'll chief like Blake, chief storyteller,
1: oh, chief innovation <laughs> officer? <Okay. laughs> what is he? Chief shoe giver? Chief shoe giver? Yeah, yeah. Chief water boy? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, you know, I would have stayed. I would have stayed engaged with the. Um, you know, the, I, I love the speaking. I love the storytelling. I love coming up with ideas. It was just really, I was managing eight people. 50% of my time that year was actually spent in meetings. Um, right. I just had gotten more and more into things that sucked life for me that I wasn't good at. So I come back in January, and my first day back is a speech in Kalamazoo to 2,000 people, and I loved it, and... Uh, I, I kind of hit the ground running in our 10th year and came up with an anniversary campaign and and came up with a new monthly giving program that would hopefully solve the zero, mm-hmm. starting at zero. Because right, if right. we had people that were signing up to give monthly, then we wouldn't start at zero every year. Right. And trying to innovate in that space. And we actually, you know, we just closed the year. We had a really great year. Um, I think we helped... Just shy of a million people, so we oh. wound up growing again, needle growing, pointing back needle towards pointing the right back direction. up. Growing in yep. a healthier way, in a more sustainable, repeatable way. And what are we? End of January, last day of January. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking to finish out the 11th year. <laughs> okay. and I have a lot of ideas, and I'm excited. Amazing. And, uh, and and really trying to you know continue to to lead. I've also reorged a little bit, so we have a COO here now. Who has those direct reports? So I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm spending much less time in management. You know, I've really handed off a lot of the operational aspects right. of the organization. And to you're try staying to focused the on
0: the narrative, and you're staying focused the on the storytelling, the play. fundraising,
1: yep. the uh, the how do we reinvent a monthly giving program? What, what is your title? Value?
0: You didn't give yourself a soft title at all. I didn't I mean, change
1: you... it yet. I'm still functionally CEO.
0: You're functionally CEO, but you know, chief water.
1: Well, I haven't, if you have any good ideas.
0: Hander, outer, <laughs> chief well digger. What, what about while you're, you know, in the midst of this, have you, have you read any Richard Rohr? I have a little bit. Any of his work?
1: Uh-huh. Falling Upward and...
0: So he does that book, Falling Upward, which I think you were the person who recommended that mm-hmm. to me. And then I was texting you going, dude, you got to read this book. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I gave that to you. So I think we had that conversation. <laughs> in, in that book, he describes the two halves of life. hmm the first half of life being building and growing and grasping and proving Mm -hmm. to everything to the world. And I feel like I'm sitting across a desk from a guy who has sort of proven it. Like, and I know in your mind, you haven't proven to that hundred million mark or whatever those marks are, but you've sort of swung and you hit and you've got all these cool titles and the president's talked about you and you've went through this kind of crazy journey and you stayed in. Is there a second half of life that you're looking out on? Do you feel like you're there yet? Or do you feel like maybe that's what this, that past year was for you? Of paying attention and wondering, hey, is this what I want to do?
1: Well, a lot of things have changed. I think one of the big learnings about that year was that far too much of my identity was in the numbers of the organization. Mm. You know, I was placing too much of my, you know, self-worth as a person, as a leader in the numbers. And, you know, I remember talking to my dad at the end of the year and, you know, he was a businessman. Business he was the president of a very small transformer company that sold you know, power supply to the Navy and, you know, like the kind that you see on um, street poles and lamps. Uh, and, I, and he basically said, like, do you think my business went up into the right 25 years in a row? Right. Like, life isn't like that. Right. You know, you have great years and then you have some down years and then you have good years and you have down years. And you're like, did you stay true to your values? Did you compromise? I'm like, no, we... We're, I was really proud of, proud of the sustainability we worked, work we did that year and the innovation and the, like, in some ways, in, in almost every way except the top-line revenue number, it was the best year of the organization. But, you know, we didn't grow. And, Got it, which was, and the, number sense, was so the number you cared about. So in a I, sense,
0: the one that you, not you cared about all the numbers, but the one that you tied to yourself, whether or not you were, like, thumbs up or thumbs down on Scott, that self-talk narrative was all based on, did we grow? Or are we still trying to achieve this sort of...
1: It is, and it's, it's a little more complicated than a for-profit business because you know, growing is people's lives changed. So when I think right. about it, I didn't help 200,000 people. 200,000 people that we knew how to get clean water that year. They were waiting for it. The surveys had been done, right. did not get clean water Sure. because I, we, didn't raise the money for their need.
0: Got it. So it's not like, hey, you but know, can't I'm not you, getting
1: my bonus this year, right, or sure. our shareholders' dividend is a little less. But
0: couldn't you do that to yourself? I mean, I'm all looking around your office, and I see all these photographs of these beautiful images. Couldn't you say to yourself, I'm, "Aren't these like timelines? Aren't they, isn't this self-inflicted pain?" <laughs> right from the standpoint of you could look at this and go, "We're still 700 million people short," and I could be like, Scott, at the end of every year, you've let 500 million people down. Yeah. Isn't that like um, like a of, of large burden to bear. At what point is that a burden to carry, and at what point is that a, is that a passionate fire that keeps you moving? Like, do you do you have to throttle that, or is that just sort of how you? I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I'm
1: more of a pragmatist about things. You know, Go. that was that was a goal. That was an achievable goal that we didn't execute. You know, it's what it's did you like, do wrong? I mean, it might be like Tesla not shipping the cars that they'd hope to, right? Right. Sure. Tesla is. You know, Elon is probably not saying I should sell a billion cars because that's how many cars are sold. Right, sure. You know, but I want to sell 100000 And if you fall short and you ship 80000 you know, he's disappointed. The investors are disappointed. So it was one of those years.
0: Looking back on that year, can you identify like three things that you did wrong or that you would have done differently in order to achieve that goal?
1: Well, I think I would have started thinking about sustainable revenue, donation revenue much earlier. And that's the advice I give to a lot of people now. During that starting phase, we got too big to start at zero you know, got the, it. Okay. Right. You know, so I wish that in somewhere in the tens or 15s or 20s, we started building multi-year commitment. Right. Cause even uh, you guys
0: as an organization, you're 45 million. That wasn't really a January to December. That was the momentum of three, four years buildup. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to start from zero, it's like, here we go. And just cause that momentum from years behind slowed down, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense to me.
1: And, and only about 15% of the one of, of, one-time donors will come back. So you're going out and having to find new people every single year. Right. Which is, which is the challenge for a lot of organizations. Um, so anyway, so I think I learned that, um, you know, I wasn't useless and I probably had more life and leadership left in me and it wasn't all about the numbers and these things, you know, are cyclical and why not try and, you know, instead of whining about it, Go and try and innovate right, and solve right. some of these problems That's and great. figure out how to grow again and figure out how to grow in a healthy way and take those lessons uh, and and turn them into a positive. So, uh, you know, that also coincided with me having two kids, you know, basically back to back. So, you know, there's a lot going on for me. Ten years of the organization. I think this week we'll come. We'll raise, We've we'll raised a quarter of a billion dollars. So we're going to pass through two hundred fifty million dollars. Seven million people served out of 660 million. So that's a kind of crazy thing to think that 1% of all the people on earth currently that need clean water, you know, are drinking water from charity water projects across 24 countries. Um, And now we, you know, we're really beginning to prove they are with sensors and the sustainability work we're we're doing. So that feels like a milestone. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we do in the next 10 years? You know, can we make that a billion? Can we make it you know, 20 million or 30 million people with clean water. What's the right number even? That's all. Those are questions we're asking. And then I'm, I'm going a little less hard. You know, the year before my son was born, I got on 96 airplanes. I made over 100 speeches. Uh, and I'm flying coach. You know, this organization, in that quarter of a billion dollars, we have never bought a business class ticket. Wow. So, you know, I'm doing 14 hours to Ethiopia in, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, in a middle seat. <laughs> Because they messed up the reservation. I'm one, right. and, you know, just hating Jeez. life. So that began to kind of take its toll sure. a, little bit, a little bit. And having the 10-year mark, having two kids, has just given me um, the opportunity to say no to some of the travel, say no sure. to some of those exciting opportunities. So
0: you'd you'd say that this next – I mean, to go back to that question, do you feel like you're in a second half of life? Do you feel like you're moving to that, like, next phase? Or do you go, no, nah, I'm still building, I'm still – it's definitely a middle.
1: I just okay. don't know I, I don't it doesn't feel like I know what the second thing is yet. Okay. So I haven't wanted to leave and go start something. So a lot of people in my space, um, they get to the organization, you know, to this level or even some not even as big and then they go make money. Right. You know, they go leave their organization sure. and they go try and, you know, go make a million dollars a year or you know, provide for their families in the way that um, that their peers or maybe their
0: Yeah. And in a way that doing this kind of work doesn't afford. Right.
1: Right. Right. Uh, so that's not a desire. You know, I'm not looking to go work at Facebook. Um, you know, I've, I've had some interesting, you know, opportunities over the years. Um, but I'm not looking to go start something, go make money, um, you know, in a, in a for-profit business. Um, i want to help more people i really i'd love to help a hundred million people i'd love to impact a hundred million lives um with clean water you know by the time i die so that's kind of just always been there okay so seven out of a hundred you know not even middle right <laughs> yeah. unless we can really figure out something, i mean we I'm be not be in the middle of your long. life we may not be
0: in the middle of that goal right <laughs> uh so when we think about even just as we think about your life, just learning through it, I think it's so interesting to have this conversation, not because we know what that looks like or we don't know what that looks like. For you, when you wake up every day and you go, I don't know what that next season looks like or I don't know what that second half of life looks for me, and I have all these opportunities and I have interesting opportunities, and here's what some of my peers are doing and have done. Uh, You wake up every morning, you still have that 100 million goal. Uh, What's your outlook like? What's your self-talk like? Two years ago, it was, I'm a failure. I got to get out of this thing. One year ago, it was, I still got some juice in me. What's Scott's self-narrative right now? I'm just excited. Uh, I, I'm excited
1: about the kind of work we do, especially in this climate, um, you know, political climate, call it, of just, you know, one of the, I think in some ways, the organization can be, you know, a salve or a bomb mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> in these times, um, it's I don't know. You know. I had a moment. We, had, we just had a staff member leave after five years and um, go work at Casper, the mattress company. And of course, you know, got ripped. It's like, oh, you've given people clean water. <laughs> Good, go sell mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we actually i uh, am friends with the Casper founders, and we've done uh, projects together. So um,
0: but They've been here for five years, and they're probably going somewhere to make money. I'm assuming the Casper founders are going to pay them more.
1: You know what was amazing in his going away party? I actually found myself like crying uh, as people were making speeches. And old Charity Water alumni, you know, from four years ago and six years ago and three years ago, you know, turned up and were in the office. And uh, it, you know, it's just such an ama- we we really hire amazing people um, that that are kind and generous and respectful mm-hmm. and compassionate and empathetic and. Uh, we had our staff party, we always do it in January, and our general counsel came up to me kind of with this um you know incredulous look on his face and said you know i 've met kind of the new you know round of people, and they 're even nicer than last year, and they were even nicer than the year before, and I just don 't know how like how you guys can do it uh, and i'm I, I think i 'm really proud of the culture." The stories we tell that are about hope and opportunity and compassion and heroism and radical generosity and selflessness and all of these things that feel, you know, antithetical to my Twitter feed, you know, which is about, um, uh, it's just so the angry. The world is coming it's to an, an end so and so everything is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah so totally. It's toxic and, um... <laughs> Do you so, think this I'm excited season, about that? Like
0: yeah, do you think this season, this economic climate and this sort of political climate mashed together and all the fear and all the danger, do you think that's going to drive people inward where they become more or do you think this is an opportunity for people to go I can't con- there's a lot of things going on and some crap that's happening that I can't control. I can how many times can we march and how many mm-hmm. things can we march about before we start to realize like hey, some of our voices they can be heard in certain moments, but on a sustainable level, we've got to get involved with things like charity water or Adopt Together or finding other places where people go. Man, I can lean in and I can actually do good. Do you think that's going to motivate people, or do you think? I that's think it's an opportunity.
1: I think it's an opportunity to you know look beyond borders, look beyond walls, and and serve you know our neighbors living thousands of miles away. I mean, we've been we've been spreading that message for for ten years, and. You know, when nine-year-old girls give up their birthday presents and skip the parties and mm-hmm. care about, you know, a, a kid in Malawi that can't go to school because there's no toilet at the school. Right. There's no water at the school. You know, those are the stories that we want to keep telling that, that move people. So I, I actually think it is an opportunity um, to invite people into something really beautiful, invite them mm-hmm. to explore hope and opportunity. And, you know, the beauty of water is it is truly like the biggest tent you can build. And over 10 years, you know, I mean, for, for those people listening, you know, that might be from, you know, the church world. I mean, I am, I'm a person of deep faith. You know, this, this organization was birthed out of, um, a very transformative, you know, Christian faith experience that I had, but the organization has no faith affiliation, nor has it ever. So, You know, the beauty over the years is seeing Muslim school kids during Ramadan send $60,000 in. Mm. Um, Jewish synagogues write us letters with a check uh, saying, you know, this is the first non-Jewish organization we have ever given to in the history of our synagogue. But the values were so compelling. Wow. Um, The Church of Latter-day Saints, meditation movements, you know, yogis. I mean, it's been one of the few things in the world I think everyone can agree on that humans need clean water. Right to live, to be healthy, to thrive. Right. So whether you're, you know, we have people from the right, we have people from the left, we have people from the middle, uh, all can come together and agree on this. And I think, you know, going forward, we're going to be looking for more opportunities. I think we can agree on adoption. No child should be an orphan. No child should be, you know cast to the side and unloved and unwanted right we could probably agree on hunger and shelter and Mm -hmm. some of these basic issues so i think it's a real opportunity water's not political you know we're we're working in muslim and hindu and christian and uh, you know uh, all across the spectrum it's a human issue people need this basic need right you don't begrudge your enemy clean water Right. You know, you'll you'll give your enemy a glass of clean water and then challenge him to a duel. But right. it's just it's so basic. So I think it's an opportunity.
0: You are, you're only 41, but they had duels when you were young. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you wrote a letter and you had duels. That's really incredible, man. Uh well, I love what you've I want to be I want to be sensitive to your time because I know you do have two children and I know you have uh, you know, 180 employees out there to uh 70 75. <laughs> 75 employees out there to 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 lead uh, but I love Scott. How you, from day one, you've had a generous energy not only to uh, people as donors, but even to me personally. Going through the moments where you, where I got to beg, borrow, and steal an hour for you for breakfast, <laughs> and you gave us immediate feedback and fast feedback and really positive thoughts, and have always been available to. Uh, resource and strategy uh, strategize and even introducing me to people who are donors and givers and like just always having that posture. And what I love about what charity water I feel teaches the world is, uh, is not the uh, thank you for giving. Here's another uh, opportunity to give, keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. But it's uh, where the, cha- where the charity space doesn't live in a scarcity mentality, mm. but I feel like, a like with charity water, you have taught us and it holds out as a beacon and as a brand of an abundance mentality of, You ever hundred everything that you give goes here, and we can find donors who give to this other thing. And it's just I feel like it teaches people abundance. And if I was going to describe one word that your that Charity Water stands for to me is like abundance. We all have enough, and we all have ways where we can give, and we all have ways people can be a part of. And one of the asks for the podcast for those people who are listening and hearing Scott's story, maybe you've been a fan for a long time, or you've loved Charity Water, or you're just hearing about him. Tell us how to get involved in the monthly giving program that really matches with what sounds like matches with your long-term goal of sustainability because what I love about um, you Scott is there's nobody who's ever been able to pin you to the wall they've never found any way you were stealing money you have almost like uh, that narrative in your head that you're not doing it you're harder on yourself than organizations are hard on charities and I think that's what although that may be dysfunctional to be married to you maybe Vic is maybe (laughs) Vic has to deal with that for us as donors and for people who have given and served and found ways to be a part of it uh, it just creates an, an amazing amount of trust that we go, there's also abundance there where we can always know we can pass on charity water to someone else and know that this is going to go to a good place. So for us who want to support you, uh, what does that look like to join the, your sustainable yeah, initiatives and what does it look like for us to be a part of You just made me think
1: of one thing that might be you know, helpful for people listening. I mean, I've always, I, I really believe in this old saying, um, this will be your final third saying that dates me, eat your own dog food. You know, and, and whatever you're selling. <laughs> I don't um, I can,
0: Is there another today, way to today, say that? No, you got to eat your own dog food. Eat your own dog food. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not the saying, though. <laughs>
1: it is <laughs> the saying. It is. You can Google it afterwards. You're going to get a lot you're of... You're going to eat so, your own dog food. You know, I'm in the business of giving. Right. And I need to be the biggest giver. So I really, really believe that. And, and a lot of people will say, well, dude, you're giving by not working at Facebook or right, Spotify right. or starting, you know, some tech company and trying to ring the bell. I'm like, no, I got to give money too mm-hmm. alongside people. Sure. So, you know, Vic and I give I mean we, we give twenty percent of our income every year and, and I'm I I say that, you know, not to say look how great or how generous we are, but you know, I'm trying to challenge donors, you know, to be generous, to stretch themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a nine hundred square foot apartment with two kids and um you know, I've chosen to live in the city so I can walk eight minutes to work and um, you know, that's why I'm paying more. Uh, for that than living in the suburbs but I think there's something about whatever you're doing you have to really you have to take part you have to be all in so right. we are in the business of generous you know of generosity I had to be the first spring member you know Vic had to be the second you know member if I'm standing up at a gala asking people to give I need to lead with something that hurts mm-hmm. you know some sort of gift that that stretches us and um, I think that also makes it easier then to you know, to invite people in, right? Say, I'm, Absolutely, I, I am literally not asking you for your own you.
0: for your own visceral experience. You go, I'm not asking you to do a single thing I haven't already done. Yep. I have eaten my own years. dog food. There you go, think, see, you I just used it. I, that's just not, but it. I don't think it's real. I it think that's a great. Scott Harrison original. No, you're gonna say it all I think week. it's smoke what you're selling. I think nope, that's po- no, it's are you smoking what you're selling? Eating your own dog food. You're, but you're, that's not human food. It's not people food. I don't. When, when we're done, I'm gonna, I'm okay. gonna, you're going to be saying it all week. Gonna, it's going to just find its way into your lexicon. Eat your own dog food is um, going to be the title of this uh, podcast. So this spring.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the idea was just, to, you know, build a community givers. Subscription is such a big deal these days, right? We've got Netflix and Hulu and HBO, HBO Go, yep. Go and, you know, the sports MLB or, uh, you know, Spotify or, or Apple Music. And we get benefit from all these things. So they might add up to hundreds of dollars a month sure. for people from the sure. magazines in the Atlantic and the New Yorker, the Times. Or, and, you know, let's just create a very simple subscription program where people get nothing uh, except stories of impact and, and the people that they've helped. And uh, we kind of anchored it around $30 a month for $30. Charity Water can give one person clean water. Um, and we said you can give five bucks a month because we have some people that are giving five and some people are giving a hundred. So it's really less about the money and really more about a community of people that would say, um, I'm not just going to drive by and do it once. I can actually sign up as long as you guys continue to be good stewards of the money, as long as you continue to be transparent. Um, and even if you have a down year, right, you know, and you don't raise $45 million, um, we'll continue to give 20 or 30 or 40 bucks or five bucks a month. Um, to help people get clean water, and really believing that you know we can see an end to the water crisis in so our amazing. lifetime. It's amazing. So it's called so Thirst. It's, uh, no, it's, called it's, called, it's, it's called the Spring. It's called the CharityWater.org/theSpring. Slash the Spring. And we made a film um, with. Uh, we worked with Jason Russell from Invisible Children to kind of launch it, and that's just charitywaterorg The Spring so film.
0: The Spring film
1: charitywater.org slash the spring or slash the strings film. Yeah. The spring film.
0: The spring film. So, uh, well, let's go with like a goal. Okay. If you're listening, we won't put a name number on it. If you're listening and you sign up for the spring tweet at me and Scott, Scott, what's your Twitter?
1: Uh, just Scott Harrison.
0: At Scott Harrison, and I'm at Hank Fortner. tweet at us.' That'll make. And us say, feel so good. Hey, I did it just so we know because it's a good sense of like, hey, where the who are the podcasters out there? because I'm sure do you take international currency? Can you take people yeah. from Australia and Britain and I'll
1: match every I'll personally match everyone's
0: first month. That's beautiful. Okay, good. so tweet at us. So Scott'll match the first one
1: Do the first month I'll I'll yeah, whatever. okay. Whatever then
0: Suan and I'll match the the first month of everybody else. So it's double match. So for everybody
1: awesome. who joins... They got to tweet at us, Hank Fortner and Scott Harrison. And Scott
0: Harrison and just say, hey, I'm in. And then you can, you'll can you confirm it. Scott's really going to confirm it. Don't try to tweet money out of us. But <laughs> Scott will <laughs> confirm your name and then text me how many. And then Sue Ann and I will give uh, everybody's first month. Um, That'll be awesome. We will too. Scott, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. And really, really, truly, thank you for your investment in my life and your investment in Adopt Together. I talk about you a lot whenever I give the talk that you were the first guy who told me. I remember you told me you said you need to quit your job and you need to do this full time. And I was like, what a douche and this and guy is like I literally <laughs> walked away like such a douche like this guy is just telling me to quit my job or whatever and then a year, like two and a half years later I quit my job I quit everything and I focused on it full time and, and I was you like
1: broke through what 10 million I mean huge milestone yeah, we just hit
0: 10 and 10.6 amazing. yesterday so really really exciting amazing. so 10 years ago or 10 years ago you started this 10 million dollars ago we started it off together so it's been really great so thank you for your investment in our life and just for creating such a wonderful beautiful thing for all of us to follow and watch thanks for having me bro yeah for sure thank you for listening to my conversation with scott i hope it was helpful to you and i hope you can hear his passion and his thoughts don't forget if you sign up for their monthly giving program scott and i both are going to match your first month so if you go to twitter you can um Tweet at, at Scott Harrison or at Hank Fortner. Don't forget to spell my name properly. And tweet at both of us, and then we will dollar match. And then I'll post something on my Facebook page with the information and with our confirmations and all the people who did it. So please post and consider joining their monthly giving program. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. It means so much to me, and I love hearing feedback from you. So whether that's tweets or you can email me podcast at hankfortner.com. You can give me information and let me know what happened. And then in addition, if you are holding your phone right now, if you are at a computer right now, we love, love, love when you put a review or you uh, rate us on, pod, on pod, the podcast on iTunes. It really, really helps us. You have no idea how good that is for us and you don't have no idea how much that means to me personally. So thank you so much. We'd love your feedback, anything uh, along the way. We just hope that this podcast has something positive and something beautiful to inspire you to live your most amazing and extraordinary life have a great one